1: It's time to open the word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory
0: for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Turn your Bible, please, to the book of James, chapter 1. It's time, I believe, for the message. I'd like to go over the first chapter of the book of James. Tonight, I call your attention to the first verse, James, a servant, a servant of God. That's the way that many times began the messages back over there. Many times we now talk about being servants of the church or servants of the denomination or something else, but James was a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, too. Notice who is your servant, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. You wonder why they were scattered? Well, the religious folks and the modernists had shot into them and scattered the covey, And they went like firebrands over the Mediterranean world, setting everything on fire wherever they went. Now, turn to 1 Peter, if you will, but keep your place at James. Peter, an apostle, chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He knew who he was. To the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, under fire fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. You may be scattered, but you're kept. You are kept with the power of God, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. May be scattered, but you can rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaven, is through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found with praise and honor and glory. When? At the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that's more than the world has. That's more than the world got to offer you. So you see, James is writing to a scattered bunch of Christians. Peter was writing to a scattered bunch of Christians because they weren't at home. They were pilgrims and strangers in the earth, hunted and despised and chased and burned and cut to pieces and fed to the hungry lions. But they never did lose the joy. And I want to ask you a question. How in the world can any of us live in such a wicked world and get along with the world and be accepted by the world? God never did tell us to be approved by the world. He told us to be accepted in the Beloved. And, brother, listen, you get one thing, and you can read it from Genesis from the days of Noah until John went out on the lonely island of Patmos. And as long as God's people live for God... They're not going to be approved by the world if they're accepted by the beloved. We're wasting our time trying to get approved by the world if we intend to live for Jesus. And dear friends, we're shut up to one person, and that's the Lord. If he doesn't see us through, we're all sunk. But I tell you, I I don't feel even like sinking. I don't have you know, it's like that precious old soul that was laying on her deathbed, you know. And her eyes was closed and her breathing was short and it looked like the doctor and the nurse was holding her pulse and the loved ones had gathered around and they looked over and said, she's sinking. She opened her old eyes and said, how can you sink through a rock? And went to sleep in the arms of Jesus. They was talking about a different sinking spell, weren't they? Yeah, listen, I tell you what, this is no time to panic. I mean, if you ever get scared, don't let the enemy know it. I want to give no comfort to the enemy. I don't want him to get any foolish notion in his mind that he's going to even come close to getting the victory. I'm talking about what James is talking about. He said, my brethren, well, I'm one of his brethren. I'm his brother. I am born again. He's born again. That makes both of us brothers. He said, my brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. You know, we're living in the day of computer, but they never have invented a computer big enough to compute what I have in Christ. Nobody would ever dare try. You know, Paul was trying to do it one day, and oh, he's bragging on the, It's over in the book of Romans. Let's see if we can find it in the book of Romans. I'm, I'm in a new Bible now, and because the other one just about had the leaves worn, and... I'll stay with the Bible until some leaf comes out. And then, brother, i got to switch because that ain't a whole Bible. I haven't got the whole word. If I ever lose a page, then I've got to get another Bible. I want to have every word there is in the Bible. And so uh, Paul uh, was saying, I, if I can't find it out, yeah, here it is. In the 11th chapter, he was, he was talking about, and he'd already been through the great plan of salvation, and he's coming up now. Uh, to uh, the tremendous uh, uh, work about the Jew and the Gentile to be united and how God's going to do it. And uh, he looks like he's about to run out of words. And he said, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? For who hath been his counselor? For who hath first given to him? And it should be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Then he hollered, Amen. Well, he's having a time, wasn't he? God's people ought to be like that. You know that? Why, he said, who hath been the Lord's counselor? I tell you, the Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Somebody wants to counsel with me, let them bring their heavenly credentials along. I don't see that birthmark on them. That's right. Dear friends, God's people are just God's people. That makes them different from the world. Makes them different from most people because most people belong to the devil. Say what you please, what the Bible says. All this business of the universal fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man. And he said, now you're all the children of God. Go ahead and quote the rest of that. You know what the rest of that verse says? Through faith in Christ. Nobody ever slips up in God's family unless they've been through his son. That's the door. My father's house has one door to it, and that's Jesus. He's the door. You come to heaven, you've got to go through the door. The Bible said you'd climb up some other way, you're a thief and a robber. All right, let's go back to James. My brethren counted all joy. You'd say, but it's not a lot of joy. Well, he said, count it joy. See, <laughs> just count it joy. said, it don't look like joy, but count it joy. See, you've got to have a heavenly computer to put on that. <laughs> That's right. He said, just count. Ca- you know what Paul said? Why, Paul said, that he counted me worthy. God counts us. Now, he knows Paul wasn't worthy, and that Big old bloody. A religious leader and stood out there and said a bunch of stone throwers and they said man we can't throw these robes on you know these old coats on he said well bring them over here man i'll be glad to hold him if you'll hit him hard yes. hit him a lick for me yeah <laughs> think about that he hurt all them old coats i can see him stand the old coats laying all over his shoulder you know it and he's peeping out and said hit it and uh, but listen one day he said you know i'm just so thankful that he counted me worthy and put me into the ministry. Little Lamus climbed out of the sycamore tree and went over to the big city, you know, to preach a revival campaign. And he ran into some opposition. I, so help me, I believe it was the president of the Ministerial Alliance came and stalking them. <laughs> That's old Lamus I. Say what you please now. I'm not just trying to be funny, but I mean, he was the religious spokesman of the city. And he came down and looked at that old country boy. I'm telling you, the old rough hands, you know, and And he didn't know much except sycamore tree dressing. And he's standing up there telling what's going to happen. And Amos, I said, son, you'll never make a living here preaching like that. He said, you better go down yonder somewhere else in the country, in some little church down there, some little place down there, and get your bread. And Amos turned on him and said, listen, my dad's not a preacher. And he said, "So," but he said, the Lord did what? Took me. Now, he was a God took man. And he read the right Acts, of Brother Amaziah. You remember that? Read the book of Amos. He preached that great message on prepare to meet thy God. Amos was not accepted, except in beloved. But let's read on. Brethren, count all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know what that verse said? The verse said, if you can never get your patience, if you can get your patience where they ought to be, you'll be perfect and entire, and you won't want anything. Now, brother, that's worth going after. That's right. You ever pray for patience? Lord, give me patience. Give me patience. Well, he said tribulation works patience. I I don't believe anybody ever has a lot of patience before they go through a lot of tribulation. I mean you just got to go through a lot of things before because you see patience is something, it's it's a result of an experience. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. For the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Now, the man the, the Bible said over in the book of Romans chapter eight, he said, uh Why do you hope for that which you already have? But he said, if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it? Patience, see. So what we're doing, we're living by faith, and we have no idea what tomorrow holds, but we have faith to believe that God holds tomorrow. And so actually, and you know, listen, it's just this simple. You see, yesterday's already been taken care of. Yesterday's under the blood. Sin's forgiven, name recorded. Salvation sealed, joy of the Lord. Today, God said, uh, give us this day our daily bread, and sufficient of the day the evil's thereof. And so he takes care of us today, and tomorrow is in his hands. Faith takes care of that. So I don't know how people could live without living faith in the living Christ, knowing this, that the trying... Your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work. It may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing, wanting nothing. Now, brother, that's where you get your wants all fixed. Now, you know, over in the book of Psalms 34, verse 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there's no want to them that fear him. No want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Well, if you believe that tonight, you get all you want supplied. Let's go back to James. We'll come to that again probably. If any of you lack like wisdom, then you can take that idea of that because all of us lack like it. There's one thing all of us had in common when we were born. We were all delinquent, and none of us had a lick of wisdom. No baby was ever commended for his wisdom. You've never heard a mother as she talked about her little baby, said he's the wisest baby I've ever seen. Why well, baby doesn't have any wisdom? Why well, he wouldn't live ten days if he had his way. I mean, somebody got to look after him. The most helpless thing on earth is a little baby. No wisdom at all. We're born without wisdom. Now he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him go off to college. Didn't say that at all. Said, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. I wish we could realize that. Did you know President doesn't have one lick of wisdom unless he got it from God? Couldn't have any. Did I'll be just as honest with myself. Lester Roloff has no wisdom in this world uh, except what God gave him. And you know, I've memorized James chapter 1, and I guess I refer to that more because the older I get, the more I realize I need wisdom. I mean, I I need to be wise in the decisions that I make, in the conferences that I have, in the, the messages that I bring. I need wisdom. And you know where I get it? I'm going to get it from the Lord. And I'm going to confess to him every day it rolls around. Now, Lord, I don't have wisdom unless you give it to me. And I'm asking for wisdom. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, any of you, let him ask of God. That's the reason I don't understand how people could go to a class and say, now, boys and girls, we're here to get wisdom. Let's uh, have prayer. And yet, they've stopped prayer in the schoolroom. Where are they going to get their wisdom? Not going to have a bit of it. That's reading the dope addictions going in the schools and the dance and out and the dope and all the rest of it. Why? Because they, see, they, they quit asking God for wisdom, so they won't have any now. I can remember the time when I went to the Christian schools. I'll guarantee you we began every class with prayer. I mean, they just prayed. Just prayed. Those old professors had prayed and said, "Lord, we confess to thee that we know nothing as well to know it. We're asking for wisdom." We've gone a long ways away from that. Then, have you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to whom all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it should be given him. You know what it means? Just have peace. you get all you want, and all you need, all the wisdom that you need, and now then, you know what we've done. We've decided we'd go to the science teacher and we'd go to the schoolroom, and we'd go to the professor. Brother, they're not going to give you any wisdom unless they know Jesus Christ. He's our wisdom. You say, where'd you get that? First Corinthians chapter one. Turn with me, please. First Corinthians chapter one. This is about the preacher. He said, not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise men after the flesh are called. But read the 30th verse. We'll just read this one and go back to James. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, number one, wisdom. Did you know that's the first thing that Jesus makes you or gives you, he becomes to you, is your wisdom. Wisdom. What else? Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You know what that means? Number Well, let me give you all four of them. Number one, you know what you ought to know. That's wisdom. Number two, you're right. God makes you right. Everybody's born wrong. You never get right till you get his righteousness. And there's not anybody in Corpus Christi right unless they know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Everybody's wrong. Now, I didn't say everybody's wrong but me. I said everybody's wrong without Christ. And I know, brother, if I didn't know it, I'd tell you I'd be a miserable preacher. I know that I'm right in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I know I'm right in what I'm doing. I'd never, 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 never risk my life and give my time unless I knew. I'm not supposing or imagining or thinking or hoping. I know I'm right. You'd say, well, I don't know you're right. Well, that's your hard look. I know I'm right. God told me I was right. Brother, I never was right till he got me fixed up either. Never was. It's always wrong. It's wrong in the talk, wrong in the walk. Wrong in my attitude. Wrong toward my mother. Wrong toward my daddy. But when Jesus Christ came in and accepted this poor, frail, unimportant life, I'll guarantee you made me right. I didn't say I was perfect, but I am right because I have his righteousness. And he's made unto me righteousness. Now you something else. That's sanctification. Boy, that's a strange term. I mean, that's a that's a term that's been forgotten. Sanctification, you know what that means? It means clean living, pure living, separated living, dedicated living. That's what sanctification is. Well, you say, how do you get like that? Well, read the 17th chapter of John. You hear Jesus say, uh, Father, I'm not going to ask you to take them out of the world. I'm going to ask you to take the world out of them. And then he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. That's where you get sanctified. You show me a man that doesn't read the Bible, and I'll show you a man's a long ways from being sanctified. There's just one sanctifier so far as reading's concerned, that's the Bible. And anybody that neglects or rejects the Word of God has rejected your only hope of being sanctified. People come up to me every once in a while and say, do you believe in sanctification? I certainly do. I really do. I believe, it's, I believe it's what comes into your life after you get saved when Jesus Christ purifies and cleanses and becomes your righteousness. And God's people need to be challenged to be to live sanctified lives. Of course, and that's the reason I preach against television. I couldn't, if I was sanctified, I couldn't stay sanctified watching that bunch of Tommy Rot. People wonder what's wrong with the kids today. Well, what they've been looking at and reading, that's what's wrong with them. Listening to, that's what's wrong with them. I don't know why people have to be so dumb. You know, there's one thing that encourages me. I never have gotten anything very easy. Everything I've ever had comes hard. I mean, I... I don't where. I guess it, you know, they would have called me sort of a slow learner. I mean, I never could just pick up anything. Now, I've learned, and listen, if, if Jesus hadn't come along, brother, I wouldn't have known anything. I guarantee, you, I, but I, what I learned now, he has to help me learn, what he helps me learn is worth learning. I mean, I really like that. Because, you see, I was, I trying to learn a bunch of things. Oh, I learned things when I was back in the world, but, dear friends, you just put it down. If God's people don't clean up their homes and clean up their lives, we're not gonna have anything left in the way of children. And the only reason the mother and dads bring their children to our home, they don't like our rules and regulations, man, they hate them like the kids do. Only reason they're just so desperate, they just say, well, I'd rather go down there and go to reform school. It's some choice, isn't it? But that's it, well, praise the Lord for the privilege of having them. But I'll guarantee you one thing, this thing works. And it's sanctification and separation. And that's the only way it's going to ever be. We need to be sanctified. We ought to be dedicated. We ought to know what self-discipline is. And I tell you, if you think I'm preaching to you like I know it all, let me tell you, I'm just now seem like beginning to live. Ain't that pitiful? I sometimes feel like taking myself out behind the barn and whipping me. And say well you stupid outfit why in the world did you wait 56 years 38 years in the ministry and you're just now beginning to kind of wake up a little bit and look around i don't look i mean that i that's what i feel about it. i've wasted so much time and so much energy and strength and 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 i i want to help people to live but we're living in such an undisciplined age nobody wants to be disciplined anymore they talk about these all you can hear uh, well Uh, coffee house. Churches are putting up the coffee houses now. Man, they got a coffee house here and a coffee house there and oh, we're taking the dope addicts into the coffee house and come down and drink coffee with them. What do you think that poison would do? I don't understand why. I know you'd think, well, brother Olaf, you're too strict. No, I'm not. Let me tell you something. Anything that won't contribute to your spiritual welfare is not your friend. And God's people ought to live separated, dedicated, and disciplined lives i hear people say sometimes well you know brother Olaf." they'd say well i never drink coffee unless i'm driving on the highway but i have to drink coffee i tell you what i'll do if you just get so sleepy i'll buy you a motel room get in there and go to sleep and stay off of the poison if you're gonna set the example and go ahead and set it and live like the rest of us gets so the sick and tired of these churches putting on the dope parties they put on Men wonder why their churches are so filled with worldliness and people have quit coming. Oh, I saw this coming years ago. Warned our people. Talk about the supper room. We've left the upper room for the supper room. And we've eaten too much. Brother, I tell you, God's people ought to know what it is to be sanctified. Go back to the book of James. Let not that man, wait a minute, verse 6, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. I believe that I'm saying the truth with my hand raised to heaven that Christian, so-called Christian religious schools, have ruined a lot more people than they've helped. That's sad. I mean, think about people going off to college To get something from God and prepare them to preach the gospel and come out with their faith shattered.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, Roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises. P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.